The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziegler, your premier source for equipping coaches to help leaders and top performers excel professionally and personally. Visit Ziegler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is the podcast people tune into for in-depth discussions on the latest research from our foremost leaders in self-improvement, so you can be growing and more equipped to live at your fullest capacity in body, mind, and soul. There was a time before money when we gathered and harvested and produced what we needed. Or we took what we gathered and harvested and produced and traded with someone else for something they had. It was just an exchange. Today, we still gather and harvest and produce a product or service that's sold then for money. And we're given money and we pay money for most all the products and services that we need. Money is just simply a unit of exchange. And yet it is anything but simple. Anything but simple. Today, many of us, most of us really, have some negative feelings towards money, from irritation all the way to suicide. And most of us have negative feelings that keep a level of anxiety going, and it's eating away at us little by little and eroding our mental and physical health and our overall wellness and success. That's why we're talking about it here on the Self-Helpful Podcast. My guest today is a self-help legend, literally, and celebrity in Japan, where he sold nearly 9 million books on this topic of money. Ken Honda, he's the author of Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. But it's not money Ken is concerned about. It's your happy soul. This is why he has most of his own country following him and now is claiming hearts around the world, including now America. He joined me via Zoom from near Tokyo, and we just had a super sweet time together. So much so that he requested to see my upcoming book and is now actually going to be endorsing it for the Japanese market. I think you're going to find a significant paradigm shift in your perspective on money and a new hope for feeling better about it. I have. I'll I'll continue talking about that. Uh, There are products and services that we don't want to spend money on, such as we don't want to give $1,000 to a car mechanic to fix something that wasn't wrong this morning and now this afternoon it's wrong. We're irritated about that, right? So we give the mechanic money with sad feelings, sad energy. And the mechanic is on the receiving end of getting that sad money. Wouldn't you like to change this perspective as the customer and the receiving mechanic? That's what Ken Honda is going to help us with. And we start off addressing just the common negative feelings many people have towards money, many people, me included, have towards money and turn it on its head. It's not money we're upset with. It's really other things like often the work that we don't like and aren't proud of that we are doing to earn the money. It's more about how we're earning our money is where our feelings are attached than the money itself. So I think you're going to be incredibly stoked with this episode and want to share it with, I think, everyone you know. Hey, if you find value from this self-helpful podcast, I would be grateful for your review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. I am mostly hoping that you will keep this conversation going and implement it in your life. That's what I'm trying to do in my own life with these incredible messages. You can always connect with me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Ken Honda and our talk about happy money. By the way, you can find Ken Honda's book, Happy Money, anywhere and connect directly with him at kenhonda.com.
I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Ken, the thing that excited me about your book was not so much the aspect of you know money and as we think about it, how to manage it, how to spend it, how to invest it and whatnot. You do talk about that, but it was primarily what is your relationship with money and that in essence, what I feel like you're saying is that is more important than the money you may or may not have in and of itself. Yes? Yes, Kevin, you said it right on at the... <laughs> In the, the first one minute of the whole Okay, we're, we're done. We can go about our day now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, you said it exactly right. I think, uh, and I think uh, when you take a look at life, uh, relationship is everything. If you have a bad relationship with your partner, with your kids, or with your clients, your life could be very miserable. And I think money touches every area of your life. So if you have a lousy relationship with money, your life could be so stressful. You talk about that money and treating it as a, a, a pursuit of a good life, ultimately, just like, as you said, relationships and experiences and achievements and status and all the kind of things that we want that, again, this is not about money in and of itself, but it is about, and you say this right at the beginning of the book, a happy, fulfilling prosperous and purpose-filled life. And this is your area of expertise and interest in your life story somewhat, even coming Mm -hmm. from the experience with your father and some hard things with money and that it is. So again, that's why you're on the show because I don't generally come on and talk about business or money or whatever, but because you come at it with that perspective of this is an aspect that we need to deal with healthfully and well in our pursuit of an overall good life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I'm so excited to talk about this with you for a long time. And thank you for the invitation. Ah, I'm honored. Well, and I want to talk, start off breaking down money. And Ken, this honestly came as I was talking recently, even before having you inviting you to be on the show with my kids. So I've got a bunch of kids, all ages. And one of them said something derogatory about money. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, 
let's look at this because we're talking about money. I mean, if we go back in time, when you talk about, I was saying it was, it was a symbol of value. You talk about it in exchange, in, in, in terms of an exchange, right? Okay. So if we look at it there, if we go back, I don't know how long, a few hundred years, we wouldn't be talking money. We'd be talking about, okay, today I spent my day and my energy chopping wood. You spent mm-hmm. your day and you went out hunting and you got a deer. Now you need some fire to cook that deer, but you don't have any because you didn't spend the day collecting wood. I did. I could use some deer and I've got wood. Can we exchange value and both have what we need? Some meat and some fire to cook it. And we just exchange it. No big deal. In essence, I mean, that is the heart of money. We're just talking about an exchange. Is that, I feel like that puts it in a different light than what we associate with it today. Yeah. Yeah. So money was a simple thing. Um, I talk to thousands of people all the time and I ask my audience, you know, what is money? And they, we all agree like paper and coin uh, in terms of, you know, currency, uh, we think it's money. But uh, since uh, we have so many other things, we are so confused. Uh, so I, I, uh, I agree with you 100%. Go back to the old time when money was very simple. Yeah. And I'm thinking if I was self-sufficient, so I have some land, I grow all my stuff. Yeah. I hunt, I have wood, I build a home and whatever. If I totally a hundred percent self-sufficient, mm-hmm. I don't need money. Mm-hmm. I don't need money. I'm not, uh, personally, I'm not, per- I'm not self-sufficient. I did not, I did not knit these clothes. I don't uh-huh. grow cotton and whatever things, and I don't knit clothes. Therefore, I need to find somebody who can make some clothes and give them something of exchange. I could give them, uh, yeah, a material item if I had something that they care for. If I didn't, I could try to provide a service. If I don't have something there, I've got to give them something of value. I mean, this is the heart of money. It feels like we have lost sight of, yeah, just the core essence of what we're doing here. And I feel like if we get that, that's what I ended up talking to my kids about. If we would kind of understand what this is, it's an exchange, it might soften our often negative perspective about it. Yeah. So um, I wish that all of us were taught uh, kindergarten mm-hmm. or uh, grade school money is this way. You know, you put something out and you get something in yeah. return. So we are supposed to give to the society uh, and uh, whatever you p- give up, you'll receive. So as you said, Kevin, if you just uh, if you love chopping wood, I think you, that's what you should do. And if you like hunting, that's what you should do. So if you hate chopping woods, if you hate hunting, if you hate cooking, uh, you can find something else. And then we render our services to yeah. other people as a result. We receive food, we receive food, we receive uh, shelter, whatever that is. And that's how happy society could have worked. But uh, think about it. Uh, you know, uh, you're happy uh, living uh, your um, uh, very simple life. And then soldiers came in and they said they have to, you know, get 20 or 30 percent of your crops or your your right. just know whatever it is as a tax and then you don't agree but you're threatened so you have to render certain things to taxes that's when everything gets a little tricky because you know we every one of us is working hard but these guys or like the kings they don't do anything so like we feel like 
something is uh, uh, deprived of us. So, and then the notion comes unfairness, you know. Yeah. I think actually chopping woods is harder than cooking, you know. Right. So I should get paid more. Yeah. So there's, there is a sense of entitlement. Yeah. Or if you feel like somebody is um, getting a better deal and I don't. So there's a sense of unfairness. It used to be uh, everybody is, is, is equal. But now somehow chopping woods is a highly more respected, like doctors and lawyers, and mm. they seem to get more something. And and then everybody's uh, idea gets distorted, and this sense of like uh, being um, treated unfairly uh, gives you anger and sadness and depression. And I think that's a cause of all the uh, money-related stress in our society. Well, and you got me thinking about that, about what is it? I mean, you write about that, but what are the things that make our money feel happy or sad? Mm -hmm. We have a positive or a negative energy, as you talk about, and emotion around that. And uh, yeah, you got me thinking, uh, and you wrote about that in the book, and you said a minute ago, if we hate the work, and I look at so many people, and if they don't like their work, if they don't find purpose in it, if they don't see a great value in the work itself, they're just doing it for the money, then of course they attribute a negative feeling towards that. And so how many people, we know that there's a high, I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe you do. I don't know what it is in Japan. I don't know what it is in America, but we have a percentage of people who are spending their days chopping wood or accounting or building homes or cooking food or whatever it is. And they don't enjoy it. They're solely doing it to make that money. So yeah, I feel enslaved now. If that's me, I feel enslaved. I have to do this task I do not like, does not fit me, and I'm doing it for money. By proxy, I have a I have sad money. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot we know that's a lot of people. That's a big that's a big paradigm shift. Yeah. So uh the reason why I wrote this book and also the reason why I've been um invited to uh, uh, show like this, Kevin, is that one day, uh, maybe in 10 years, 20 years from now, everyone on this planet uh, does whatever he or she desires. And, uh, um, you know, I hope every one of us uh, on this planet enjoys every minute of uh, his or her life by doing what uh, what they love. So that is my vision. And unfortunately, uh, just about 90% of us are not truly happy with what we do. And we feel uh, like we're slave to the work or slave to money. And that's why um, a lot of stress comes from. That's what uh, our marriages fail and our families are torn apart. And that's uh, what could be spo- uh, um, uh, spoiling our friendships. And uh if you have a less money-related stress and if you enjoy more of what you do during the um, your awake time, I think you'll be smiling. And I hope um, uh, more people will start doing what they love. And that that's what I teach too. You tell the story, I don't know which chapter of the book, of your, of your dad. And mm-hmm. we have, a, I've had people on the show, Ken, who have said, man, I, you know, this event happened. I saw my 
mom, dad, whatever, lose all their money or their business failed and how they went into depression or they had a problem. And from that, I decided I wanted to make a lot of money. That makes sense. That's a good motive. It may not be the healthiest motive. Mm -hmm. And you had a story of that too. Your dad had a job or a business, enjoyed it, and then had this tragic accident, which is one of his, let's see what, one of his clients. Well, you tell it, you tell it real quick. You tell the story. Yeah. So uh, my father's um, well, a very successful tax accountant. He had one of the largest practice uh, in, in a town called Kobe. You know, it's famous for Kobe beef. And then um, one day um, his, fa- uh, his clients committed suicide and not only committed suicide, he killed the entire family of four and then committed suicide. It's called a family suicide, oh, you know, uh, yeah. to avoid the disgrace and dishonor of uh, bankruptcy. So my father, as a, as a accountant to his uh, his uh, best friend uh, and client, uh, his client, uh, he advised uh, bankruptcy. But uh, he was ready to give um, his best friend's family uh, some money, you know, to start over after filing bankruptcy because all the money uh he he gave to the family would go to loan sharks if he didn't file bankruptcy but he was a japanese man traditional man he doesn't talk maybe american uh, men are like that many years ago right you know they don't talk and even among best friends but uh he so regretted that he didn't at least say i'm going to help you if you file bankruptcy uh, he regretted so much, and after um, losing his um, uh, best friend, and also my grandmother, his his, uh, his mother passed away around the same time. That really put him in the edge, and uh, um, he went into depression. Before, we were a very happy family. Uh, we formed a band. Uh, my father was a f- big fan of Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. So he- he was uh, dressing a white uh, <laughs> uh, suit and an electric guitar and loud sound, which was very embarrassing, but we were very happy. <laughs> but true. he never touched the guitar again. The drum set was, you know, uh, got rusty. And there's no music afterward in our family. And um, after that, he got into a depression. So um, since I was uh, 10 or 11, uh, I started this quest uh, for for meaning of money. So we had money because my father was very successful before retiring into uh, depression. So we we're financially okay. But I wanted to know what is money? Uh, it could kill entire family. And uh, also it could um, turn somebody into a very sad, depressing person. Yeah. So um, I think my quest is still on and... and I'm well, just searching. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier, and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. 
Air Doctor. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. I'm grateful that, that you've brought it, that you've brought it here. I mean, that though, that could have given you a very negative view of, of, you know, of money. Um, yes. I'm grateful it took you the other way, but yeah, so many people have seen their parents toil away to try to earn and work at jobs. My experience with that, with someone like that is they saw their parents do something that was not fulfilling. And well, you know, even on that, and you talked about that, Ken, about working at something that you love, we, that comes up a lot. And I think people struggle with that thinking that, okay, if I'm going to find something, I'm, I work, I love work. I'm passionate about that comes up a lot. It has to just be all fun. I don't find that necessarily speak to that. I mean, does it, so does that mean it's just all fun and games all day long? Is that what you're talking about? Find a job that is just nothing but fun and play. Mm -hmm. So in the process of finding uh, your life work, you know, life mission, there will be a lot of hardships, too, because there are so many traumas around uh, what you love. Mm -hmm. So I know people who stop painting after a big failure or stop just playing guitars or stop just cooking, uh, whatever that is. If you are good at something, uh, you may have tried to. Uh, stay away from that because it you experience a, a big uh, um, heartbreak uh, many times over. So it's not just playing games and uh, you know do uh, do what you love. It's more of a uh, uh, exciting uh, process, but at the same time it gives you so many uh, setbacks too. So uh, in the process of finding what you love, there are many <laughs> glories, and at the same time there are so many. Uh, setbacks. Um, for me to publish uh, a book in English, it took me 18 years since wow. I had a dream. 
And uh, I had a dream about 2001 when I started becoming a writer、uh, in Japanese. I had a dream of doing that in English or worldwide, which, I,、uh, which I'm in the process. It took me 18 years. And so many times I thought of giving up、uh, of writing. And, and then I thought of giving up、um, speaking.、Uh, but it's my nature. So、uh, we do things to sort of avoid looking at the direction. That we we are truly drawn to. Well, we got to bring up then, you just talked about her before,、uh, earlier when we were talking today, Lynn Twist.、Mm-hmm. Um, incredible humanitarian. She's the author of The Soul of Money, which you cite as one of your favorite books、mm-hmm. on money and the emotions around that. And her latest book is Living a Committed Life. And for everyone listening, I think she was on, it was、uh, fall or winter of 2022 that we had her on the show talking about that. And that's what she's, you know, find that thing that, Plucks your heartstrings, it calls to you, that's a passion, that's a burden, that's whatever, but something that just,、uh, that draws you and go after that and commit your life to it. But like you say, I appreciate that. There's going to be trauma around that too. If it's something of worth and value to humanity and to you, there's probably going to be some trauma and heartbreak. So, but it's what calls to you. It, it is something that you have a, a, a deep emotional care for, but doesn't mean that that's going to be just all fun and games. Right.、Yeah. So you have to sort of drill, drilling,、um, uh, you have to be drilling down to the core of yourself. And、yeah. after that, you'll be inspired. So it's like、uh, you don't have to work anymore because it, all the inspirational energy comes from within. So you don't need the motivation once you're connected with your source. Yeah. Well, looking at the negative feelings around. Money specifically. And we talked about that. If you're not proud of what you do, if you're not enjoying what you do, you're probably going to have negative feelings around money. The other or another one, and you talked about that in the book, is, the, is kind of the it's not fair aspect. When, and would you say that that comes up a lot when you, your income doesn't feel you know, commiserate to your perceived effort or the value? So you're doing XYZ. And you don't feel like you are being compensated adequately. I find a lot of people there. They may enjoy their job. They may appreciate the work and it fits them and the roles and the duties. However, the revenue that they get as a result of that, they feel is not enough. Is that another prime way that causes us to have sad money? Exactly. Like school teachers in North America、right. are getting paid. Uh, less than they should. Like in, in other countries,、uh, like in Japan,、uh, school teachers are a highly respected job and they get、uh, paid very well. So a lot of young people want to be a school teacher in the future. But in North America, it's a,、uh, a very important job, but I think everybody agrees. But、uh, the same respect and also financial compensation is not there.、Yeah. So if you're pursuing a career like that, there will be a conflict. Between what you love to do and also the compensation of uh, financial uh, re- rewards. So,、uh, if that is the case, it could be、uh, conflicting. Like uh, uh, childcare, you know, I think it's the most important job in the world because children are the f- our future. But I think,、uh, personally, uh, I think uh, nursing school、uh, teachers should get paid as much as college professors. Yeah. Because you know, it's very important, but our society doesn't value that. Unfortunately,、um, many systems、uh, they don't work 
in, in not, not only North America, Japan, Europe, everywhere it's broken. Like a medical system, uh, college uh, into uh, um, tuition. Uh, so we have to improvise, right? So uh, one of my uh, students was um, uh, she was uh, helping in a nursing home, uh, and then she got paid very little. And then uh, she thought I, I had to quit, but I really wanted to help people, and especially people uh, who are taking care of their elders at home. So she came up with uh, video DVDs to show how to lift uh, um, a patient and then move to the wheelchair and, you know, just turn turn him or turn her over. And that uh, DVD sold well. So she got fin financially uh, rewarded very well. And she started teaching seminars like that. So instead of working in just one uh, hospice, uh, now she's a teacher and she pu she published a book. So uh, when something like that happens, you uh, get not only compensated uh, financially, but also uh, by pursuing your path, uh, you um, you become more influential and then uh, get re uh, financial rewards along the way. I, I always want to say, Ken, or I want to believe that if you are doing work that you enjoy mm -hmm. and from that you have happy money, that you will generally make more money. Would yes. You, would you agree with that? Basically, yes, but not 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 all the time. Okay, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, because it, it's you mentioned. Well, so Rabbi Daniel Lappin, I uh, had him on the show a long time ago, and he talked about money. Uh, it wasn't the focus of the show, but he talked about that he views money as a certificate of appreciation. Mm -hmm. You provide value, people provide it back. Yet, as you're talking about, some of the things that we would say culturally provide the most value, like in North America, a school teacher, are compensated the least. And you mentioned medical. And I don't know how this is in Japan. You tell me. Because here in North America, once somebody has something wrong, go wrong, and they break, the doctors that fix them are the highest paid doctors, the surgeons and whatnot, especially those are our highest paid people. Now, if you go upstream though, before they break and you have doctors who are trying to help them be healthy and well preventative medicine, they are generally paid the least. doesn't make sense. They should be paid the most because they're keeping people out of this dire place, but they are. So again, we've got somebody in my appreciation for that doctor keeping me well it's theoretically should be higher than the one who fixes me once that I break, but that's not how we reward it. So if we look at that, if we look at that Daniel, you know, Rabbi Lappin's aspect of certificate of appreciation, we can run into some trouble there because what you, what the, what, what should be appreciated may not always be from a marketplace standpoint. Exactly. So life is not fair in that sense. Mm -hmm. So you have to accept that as it is. So you have to, that's what I say, you have to improvise. You know, you have to come up with ideas so you can uh, contribute and, and follow your path and at the same time uh, get rewarded financially. You know, you have to find a balance. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, the, the society system uh, doesn't work that way. Like uh, I went to a dentist the other day and I got a bill for only like $9.00 for cleaning up and stuff. And in, in North America, I, I get, I probably have to pay $900, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just came back from the world tour um, 
I started from Helsinki, Finland, you know, uh, went east, uh, westbound to uh, Sweden and uh, New York, LA, Australia. And uh, I talked about medical system and college tuition system. And uh, uh, one thing I I loved about other uh, uh, countries is like in in Australia, Uh, you know, college tuition is free. And then at the age 30, uh, if you, uh, if your income is above certain level, something like 30,000 uh, US dollars or 40,000 US dollars, you have to pay the tuition. Wow. And if your income wow. doesn't go beyond that, the college tuition stays free. Wow. And I think wow. it's a very fair system for young people. I, that's incredible. I think my kids would love that. Uh, that's not how it is over here. Well, yeah. So we're talking about, I really wanted to unpack this where and why we get these negative views of money. Well, you just talked about that with school debt, uh, in essence. And I wondered that how often that we, and I don't, I, I'm not a world traveler. I'm not world fluent. I'm in North America and here specific or here, here at least we so often kid gets out of high school, goes out into the world And the expectation is that you all of a sudden need to buy all these things you do not have the money for yet. You're going to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to take out a loan. You're going to get a car that you can't afford. You're going to take out a loan. You're going to, you probably can't buy a house yet, so you're going to rent and that money is going to go down the drain. But you need some furniture, you're going to put that on a credit card or whatnot. So we start off behind, behind. We start off behind with money. That again feels like, well, yeah, we start off right away owing. There's pressure. Another perfect storm, isn't it, for sad money? Yes. So, uh, you know, I was fascinated with uh, uh, anthropologists when I was back in college. I wanted to be an anthropologist in the future. So from uh, anthropology uh, viewpoint, (laughs) it's very interesting to observe different cultures. So uh, if you're born into a uh, North American system, uh, the college education and the medical uh, bills yeah. could be the big burden. Yeah. But you get other good things as well. So, you know, you have to um, you have to understand what's going on in your society. If you're born into Japan, if you're born to France or Finland, your life would be very different. And also, if you're born into uh, other countries which are not financially well off, uh, your life would be so hard too. Yeah. So uh, you're lucky to be born in one country, but uh, it comes with a package. So you have to know, uh, and I think that those are the things that you should teach at school. Yeah. You know, yeah. in, 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 if you're born in U.S., you probably have to care, uh, be careful with guns and also certain things, but you have this. So uh, in, in North America, you get all the good ones and bad ones this way. If you're born into Japan, you get all the goodies, and this is what you get, you know, negative ones. And right. <clears throat> I'm saying all the cultures have both positive and negatives. Right. So if right. you knew that in advance, I think kids can uh, choose which country that they want to live on. And if if uh, all the governments uh, voted like a popularity vote, they have to work against one another so i think it'll be more efficient and uh but it's going to take some years because we are so isolated north american people don't know what uh, european people are getting and uh, the same thing you know i wanted to ask you too then about inheriting money and about so you uh, you know i or I'm, i'm you know i'm a father and i can look at it and go gosh i want to have uh as much 
money as I can and have, you know, real estate investments and, and, and whatnot. So that when I'm gone, I, there's plenty of money to bless my family with, mm-hmm. but that's a question. Uh, we talked about this recently with a group of guys on legacy, you know, what we're going to leave behind. Right. And I feel like we can't necessarily assume that leaving money and possessions behind is going to help. It could. Yes. Okay. Tell me about that. So uh, since I've helped so many people file uh, inheritance taxes, you know, back in the days, uh, I realized that uh, you have to really watch out for your kids. Uh, if your uh, kids are spender type, you know, you're going to push them into bankruptcy by leaving, say, uh, enough money um, or uh, certain money. Uh, so you have to make sure um, that you see kids' uh, quality, uh, uh, character. Uh, if you um, if you did the right uh, thing, your kids are financially sufficient, you know, independent by themselves. But if you leave too much money, they become lazy, and they lo- they lose uh, the motive and, and and the meaning of life. So uh, many uh, wealthy kids. Uh, end up being on the street or in a, uh, have, have some drug problems. It's because uh, with a little money, you lose the motive for work. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you have to really uh, understand how money works on psyche of uh, spoiled children. And actually, I wrote I wrote a book on that too. What's that book? I talk about how to teach your kids about money. Okay. Yes, and then you have to really know uh, because I, you know I, I know a lot of uh, wealthy individuals, and one time <clears throat> um, um, my client wanted to um, uh, get advice from me. He left ten million dollars uh, for, uh, or he gave a ten million dollars uh, for his twenty-year-old son to start business to try his luck, and look what happened five years later. He <clears throat> he was in debt for. 10, uh, $10 million. So wow. he lost $20 million in five years. So he averaged a minus $4 million every year. So, and, and, and his father, my client, uh, just, um, uh, got it. Like, okay, don't do any business. Yeah. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you are not allowed to do any business whatsoever. If you agree, we'll leave some money for you. And he is very smart. Uh, but unless you are, uh, you teach money, uh, you leave money with financial education, your kids are going to suffer. The, an aspect of that, that you got me thinking about, Ken, was this, it, so, it sounds elementary, but uh-huh. I just, I still feel it's, you know, a lot of, it's a common sense. It's not common anymore that as we make more money, we must spend more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is there anywhere where that's not cultural is there anywhere because it is in north america the more money you make you are just expected to have more stuff a bigger house a nicer car nicer clothes it's just an an uh, i don't know where it's not an expectation you know culturally in north america do you find that is that globally i think it's globally but in japan there is this frugal culture like one of my um um million friends uh, they still, you know, drive old cars. So they, they use a, a delayed gratification method. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they wait 
a few years before they raise uh, their uh, uh, le level of uh, um, standard of living. And also, there are some millionaires who are who don't who are not interested in uh, luxurious goods. So um, some millionaires, happy millionaires, know uh, the boundaries. And also, they don't want to dance with all the marketing songs that they play on in the TV and other uh, other places. Yeah. So there are smart people who just stop listening to the dance, and then they stop dancing. And also, there are people uh, who dance, you know, create like crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> with all the marketing songs too. And those are the people who'd file bankruptcy when the business goes down. Yeah. So yeah. I've seen so many people dance all night and then they file bankruptcy <laughs> at the dawn <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of the economic crisis. So right. uh, every five years, I see people like that. I've seen uh, people like that in cryptocurrency uh, field. I've seen it in real estate. I've seen in uh, IT business. Uh, you have to really know that their economy goes up and down, and you have to know uh, not always a good time uh, stays. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Yeah. I mean, you're core aspect of looking at money as energy. So I just talked about a whole lot of, in essence, circumstantial uh -huh. things in, around money, what you do for work. Do you enjoy it or not? Uh, do you feel compensated, you know, enough Were you just given the money and you don't feel proud of it? Uh, you know, and on and on, and those are circumstantial things. And yet you're also saying very much in the book that right now, wherever we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter if we like our work, no matter, you know, no matter any of those things that I talked about, money is just an energy and we can take that captive, be aware, do an audit of ourselves, I guess, step one to go, what are, are you have us do that? What are our view? How do you feel? You did that in one of the chapters. How do you feel about money? When somebody talks about money, when you think about spending it here, how do you feel about that. That's something that we can do right now. It doesn't take us away from the fact that we may have a job we don't like and, and the, some of the issues there that we may need to address, but we do have the opportunity right now to change our perspective on the feeling of money. Yes. Yes. I, I think it's so important to check once in a while, how you feel with life. You know, if you think about friends, do you feel warm? 
And the same thing goes with money. Uh, when you think of money, does that give you a warm feeling, like very happy, you know, generous, uh, uh, friendly feeling toward money? If uh, your relationship is like that, you are living a beautiful life. But unfortunately, uh, no matter how much money you make or how much money you have, we most of us are feeling frustration um, uh, and also sad, sadness around money because we feel like even though how, how much uh, more money we make, not much money uh, stays in the bank account yeah. at the end of every month. Because uh, the more money we make, as you said, the more money we spend. So unless we change uh, uh, your system, you cannot be stress-free. And it's not like uh, how to achieve financial independence, even though I've taught uh, that a lot. Uh, you have to really know uh, what's inside. So unless you tame this gremlin inside uh, to spend more, make more, uh, you cannot find peace with yourself. Now, you just mentioned, though, financial independence, and you do a lot of talking in the book about wealthy people, very wealthy people that, again, you can look at and see the happy money, wealthy people and the sad money, wealthy people. So even that you're saying that even the financial independence does not automatically give you happy money. Yes, because if uh, if you achieve one million dollar, uh, one million US dollar mark. As an asset, uh, by the time you know a bunch of people who are making more money. <clears throat> so, and by the time you achieve ten million dollar mark, uh, I bet uh, some of your friends have a private jet. And then, by the time you have a private jet, some of your friends have a bigger private jet. <laughs> right. So, right. so you, uh, I, I have a, a client of mine who said, you know, when I pull over to this, uh, you know, a private uh, jet security terminal, you know, there's a special terminal usually, I feel so small because <laughs> I'm driving Mercedes and my private jet seats only six people. Yeah. And here you are with a, you know, uh, a big Rolls Royce, you know, Phantom. And then the jet is like huge, you know, it can seat like 200 people or something. So you feel uh, very small in this, you know, terminal. So like, uh, if you're feeling uh, very small in your private jet, you know, what is enough? So you have to know, you have to know what your money container size, which is another subject. I think everyone is born with a certain money uh, container. Unless you know the exact uh, size of your money container, uh, you either try to grow it and make it too big and then crack it, or you're trying to stay too small and not fulfill your um, life purpose. So I think that is another uh, important subject. I want to ask about, uh, so Ken, I was you know preparing to talk with you and I had a class that I lead with a group of people today. And we mm. were talking about business, they're business owners and uh, talking about, we were talking about some marketing aspect and yet somebody said something and I thought of you and happy money, sad money, the energy behind money and legitimate question. There are, you, well, we mentioned doctors. Okay. So let's say uh, that you go, no, let, let me take a, a, something that, that people don't have insurance for generally. Let's take a car problem. So your right. car, the car mechanic. So you're going along, you know, it's a good day 
and boom, uh, something goes wrong with the car or the tire blows out and you got to buy around here. If your tire blows out, we all have all wheel drive cars up here. So you can't have dissimilar tires. So one tire blows, you got to just get a whole new set. You got a thousand bucks. So here's a thousand dollar day, right? And uh-huh. I take it into the mechanic and they fix it. I wish that hadn't happened. That did not have to happen. That tire would not, to me, it's a wasted thousand dollars. I am, it is sad money in my hand and I'm having, I'm handing it over with a bad attitude. So I'm handing it over sad. Now on their side, what's interesting to me as a business owner is they have a business that often is involved with sad money. Nobody wants to take their car to the mechanic you know, unless they're trying to make it souped up and fast or something like that. But the <laughs> most people do not want to take their car to the mechanic. If they're going there, it's because something went wrong. They're having to spend money. They do not want to spend. So it's a sad money exchange. What do you do with that on both sides? So if I'm the consumer, it's a sad <laughs> money exchange. But if I'm a tire, if I'm a mechanic, how do I address the reality that I'm getting sad money? Great question. You know, uh- Kevin, I'm so loving this conversation with you. I have to tell you. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, you know, that same thing happened to me a while ago. You know, I have a few houses and one is up on the mountain, like, you know, Colorado. It snows in the winter. So um, my uh, my gardener uh, in Tokyo found there's a little bit of crack in my, in my car. And then... Uh, uh, my gardener said, uh, sir, I think that this could be dangerous if you just go up in the mountains. And he, and literally, he saved my life because it's a big scar. It could really burst in the middle of nowhere in the mountains that could cause another problem. So uh, my driver uh, took it to the uh, mechanic, as as you said, in the same situation, right? So I, I think probably, I don't know how much it costs, but probably like a 1000 or 2000 uh, depending on, on the tires. So my perspective is like I was saved by my gardener or the mechanic. Did they save my life with a thousand dollars? How cheap is that? Wow, you know, uh, instead of just getting killed or getting injured in in the in the, in the cold winter where there's no help, yeah. you know, yeah. with only a thousand dollars, you know, I could avoid that potential inconveniences. So I, I I appreciate the car mechanic for doing the perfect repair so I don't have to get stranded in the snow. And also I I, I gave uh, uh, my gardener a big tip for saying thank you. Uh, and, and thank you. You probably saved my life. So I forever, forever appreciate uh, you for doing this. So, um, you know, keep up the great work. I mean, not only he keeps uh, my garden beautiful, uh, he's a, he's a Japanese gardener. So he, he only uses a special scissors, big ones. Oh. I really appreciated his work and the mechanic is very happy. Uh, and, um, because I made sure that he gets paid, comf- uh, you know, well too. And also from mechanic perspective, he could have said, I just saved Ken Honda's life today. You know, what a great day because he's impacting millions of people's lives. So by doing, by giving, him a service of exchanging tires. Not only I get a new thousand dollars, I saved his life, and uh, or potential uh, inconveniences, and uh, I got a bonus. What a great day! So I could end my day by appreciating. 
oh, you know what, just a, you know, a thousand dollars may hurt, but uh, my life and uh, uh, avoiding uh, potential danger is far more valuable. So thank you, you know, and I'm glad I have extra one thousand dollars <laughs> that I can pay. So I appreciate the extra thousand dollars. Probably my client gave me a month ago, month before. So I appreciate the mechanic. I appreciate the gardener. I appreciate my driver. And I appreciate the person, my client, who gave me the thousand dollars so I could pay the mechanic yeah. to be safe. So everybody can be very happy in the same picture. I want to figure out a way to do that well. And we don't need to go down this trail too much, but just from a business standpoint. So for those yes. people who have businesses, who are in business, and it is, they're taking care of problems. As you said, incredibly honorable work, but they know that people are coming to them often not wanting to part with that money, wishing they didn't have to part with that money different than if you're going to go buy a new car, that may be happy money. Or if I'm going to get a great bottle of wine or a great dinner, oh, that's happy money. I'm happy to spend that. Generally, yeah, I'm not looking forward to spending money with the mechanic or the doctor or uh, the or taxes, as you talked about. I'm not, not looking forward to doing that. So if I'm an owner of a business like that, what can I do to help from a marketing and branding and positioning standpoint, help turn people's perspective to this being a necessary evil mm -hmm. to happy money? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I can probably use uh, an example of my friend dentist you know yes he, perfect who wanted to have a session with me and uh he got he seemed depressed and did, what's what's going on and he said you know i realized after reading the happy money book i get all the unhappy sad or angry money yes why is that and because he said nobody wants to see me i'm a dentist <laughs> and especially kids yeah, uh yeah. one kid especially when she was taken to the uh to my clinic she just keeps crying because she she after looking at my face or my you know face with the mask she goes crazy because it's going to be painful and and okay okay got it and, and I, I had a chat chat with him for like half an hour and just I let him uh, express his sorrow of being just such a monster for kids and also uh, even adults you know they don't necessarily want to come visit uh, a dentist right maybe a, if it's a nail pressure you know a, a lot of women want to go there yep. um, but not a dentist right? right I think it's a universal thing and uh, here's the thing that uh, but if you just uh, um, do some um, fixing right don't you think they will stay out of uh, uh, tooth pain um, you know for a long time at least for a month or two or maybe two years yes that's right so they just don't know that uh, certain painful procedure treatment could avoid potential uh, toothache for years because think about it 200 years ago they could have suffered and died with pain uh, or they could have, they, they had to live with the tooth pain. You know, I don't know how they did that 200 years ago, uh, because they don't have the certain uh, procedure. So your job is actually amazing. Your clients probably don't know, so they don't appreciate, but only the God and you know, you save them from potential disaster. So at the end of the day, 
can you count the numbers of patients and then you can talk with God or Buddha or whoever that is that you believe in and have a personal chat. Hey, God, you know, I just did 20 people uh, treatment and they don't know. They may not appreciate me because all the kids were crying and they try to run away from me. But I know that I saved them from such a terrible pain. And so the, the pain that they experienced today was real, but the potential pain that I could avoid it with my treatment is much, much bigger. So thank you, God, for letting me taking care of the kids um, in my clinic. And I really appreciate for the opportunity. And after doing the prayer, he can go to sleep very well. Yeah. And then even though the kid's crying, the same thing happened the next day. He feels so calm because he has this special bonding with his God, uh, God of a dentist or something. And then <laughs> he enjoys this uh, position of being a server. So it doesn't bother him anymore if kids are crying or kids hate him uh, for doing that because he only knows that he is doing the right thing. And your clients uh, may not know and uh, may not appreciate you on the surface. Yeah. But I, I think if you um, um, change your perspective that way, all the jobs that you hate, all the jobs you had a trouble, all the guilt that uh, uh, you felt when you received money from from your clients uh, will be gone. Well, I, I think there's great opportunity to even for those people who own such businesses as a dentist, as a mechanic, whatnot, to say, hey, you're going to spend money with us today and we're going to take care of you so that you don't have bigger problems down the road and try to change that paradigm shift. But, you know, your perspective, I, I love. Thank you for bringing up God in that as well. That's a great segue into part two uh, with you as we talk about your values and motives and habits and start off with spirituality. But, uh, man, you're that's why you're on the show, Ken, is your perspective that you're helping us see that money is, as you say, it's an energy and we can, I think, first become aware of it. How do we feel? I think that's a big, that's a, such a huge step right there. How do we feel? How do we really feel and why? And then start unpacking it because what really convicted me most of all, and again, why you're here is if I have sad money, if money is sad to me, it, it's hurting my life overall, one, and two, I'm probably going to make less of it. Yeah, uh, if that's the place that I've been in, and I've I have some personal stories there as well. But uh, thank you, thank you for the work you've done to bring this. My gosh, all these years to bring it to us here in North America, uh, we may need it more than anyone. Ken, thank you. Thank you so much. This is so enjoyable, and uh, I feel so joy uh, from your uh, from the bottom of my heart. So thank likewise, you, Ken. Friends, I'm well acquainted with the concept of money in regards to budgeting and managing and saving and investing. I think we all are to a degree, but at the root, what matters most, and that's what this episode is about, is how do we feel about money? We aren't brought up to think about this, how we feel about money, and it's a massive void is what I'm realizing. I encourage you to spread Ken's message to those you care about. Have a discussion about the feelings around money. Recommend his book if you want to, or just share the concepts. Get to the root issue. Again, you can find Ken on his book, Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. You can find it anywhere. And connect directly with Ken at KenHonda.com. Thank you for choosing to tune in to this self-helpful podcast. If you got value 
from the show. It'd be great to get a review. And of course, most of all, we just hope you continue the discussion for your benefit and the benefit of others. I sincerely hope I have helped you help yourself for yourself. And so you can help others. 